Welcome to the You're Worth It podcast with Coach Akeem. Career conversations with leaders you need to know. Welcome to today's You're Worth It podcast with Coach Hakeem. In our episode today, we meet Denise Bowling, a talented recruiter based out of Houston who is metric driven. She has empathy. She can connect with leaders from wherever she is working from. And not only that, not only does she know her business, she is a fun team builder. And so take a listen. I think you'll enjoy. Here we are. Welcome to the You're Worth It podcast with Coach Hakeem. And my guest today is Denise Bowling. Denise. Great to see you. Welcome. Thank you so much. Good to see you too, Hakeem. I'm so excited to see your face. (laughs) I'm excited to see you. It's been a while since we've had a chance to connect and and work together. I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about that. But um, so we're we're excited. This is our second episode ever. So you're you're our second guest. I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show. And so um, just so a couple things. One, I, you know, with this can go wherever you want it to go, right? So okay. we have a few questions so we'll ask, but we can take it and you can share whatever you'd like to share. And so maybe with that in mind, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about, about yourself, who you are. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. And um, I did get a chance to listen to Luna's interview last week. So big shoes to fill, even though I know we're very different people, but um, she did a great job, but thank you so much. So As you said, I am Denise Bowling. I am currently living in Houston, Texas by way of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have been here about two and a half years now, which feels feels longer than that, but um, wanted to just chat with you today. I was just recently laid off from a position with um, Alexander Mann Solutions, uh, supporting Bank of America. And um, I'm ready to get back in the saddle, but kind of my background, I ended up in recruiting kind of by a happy accident. Um, Prior to that, I was a nonprofit uh, as a divorce education coordinator, working with um, the children and youth um, from domestic domestic violence situations. And um, as you probably know, with nonprofits, it's always kind of the wait and see if the budget's going to be there for Mm -hmm. your position year. So I found myself in a situation where the budget was not going to be there. And a good friend of mine who you know as well, Laura Belzer, give her a little shout out, knew I was looking for a job. And she's like, hey, are you interested in this recruiting coordinator opportunity? I had zero clue. And I mean, zero clue what that meant. Recruiter, the only kind of recruiter I knew about at that time in my life was like sports recruiting. So I'm just like, Sure, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Why not, right? And, yeah, right. I knew I wasn't going to be at basketball games scouting anybody, but I just didn't know what it meant. So I found myself at Cargill um, in a contract position, um, in a coordinator position. I was there for a few months before they kind of did um, some some uh, reduction in force in, in that area. And unfortunately, found myself laid off from that. But with the power of networking yet again, Um, one of my colleagues that had been working there as well ended up at Target Corporation and said, hey, I'm contracting here. They're looking for more people. Are you interested? Well, of course I am. I'm a huge Target fan. Plus, I need a job. So um, (laughs) I found myself (laughs) at Target Corporation contracting um, for about eight to nine months or so. And then I got the call. 
um, from shout out to Janine Williamson. I'm gonna be dropping names today. Um, who said, hey, you know what? We have a full-time opportunity that's gonna be opening up because of uh, promotion, internal promotion. Are you interested in coming back? And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, thank you for thinking of me. So that's how I ended up back at Cargo full-time. And I think that that's when we met. So 2012-ish or so yep. to age us, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where I ended up as a coordinator. Did that for about three years, supporting some fantastic recruiters, um, helping them with getting interviews scheduled, working with hiring managers and candidates on travel and all of those fun logistics, um, kind of that, um, I guess you could say the administrative piece of uh, the recruiting. Um, and then I moved on to an executive admin slash kind of a human resources coordinator role, um, a promotion within Cargill. Did that for about three years and then kind of got the itch. I'm like, you know what? I actually really did like recruiting that human resources, uh, that business partner position that I was thinking about, not what I want to do after some exposure to that. And so that's how I found myself at U.S. Bank um, for a little over four years as a recruiter. Um, and so, like I said, happy accident. Have been recruiting um, for the past full cycle recruiting for the past five and a half years or so and um, have really loved it. No, that's good. And so I think a few things I kind of take from from just what you just shared. So one is that, that you're a constant learner. And, mm -hmm. you know, I saw that when we worked together, but you, you continually push yourself to learn, to grow, to look for new opportunities, to look for new ways to stretch yourself. And so I, I saw that. I think the listener just is hearing that as well. The other thing is the power of the network. You, met, you mentioned uh, Laura and Janine. Uh, shout out to them, uh, yes. former, former Cargill uh, associates as well. I hope they're they're doing well. But but it truly is the power of the network, and I, it, this is why I think just so important to you know reintroduce those who may not know what you're up to uh, into what you're doing today. And so I think that's important to to share as well with with our listener and to those in both of our networks and beyond. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that they learn a little bit more about what you're doing today. And then the other thing I would just say is just, just your grit, you know, you just your will, sheer will, will and determination um, to go ahead and push through whatever circumstances may be in front of you. And so um, one, I, I saw that I'm glad the listener is able to see that and listen or the viewer, whoever's watching is able to see that as well. So thanks for sharing that part of it. Thank so, you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. And so, well, one of the, the, the things that I think is hard sometimes for us to do is, is tell others what we're good at, like what makes you awesome. And so maybe take a moment and, and share that, you know, so what, what are you good at? What am I good at? So that question always it like makes me nervous, <laughs> which I hate to admit, but it's true. Um, and funny enough, when I would speak with candidates during interviews, I'm like their biggest cheerleader. And that's what I tell them. It's just a conversation. Tell me what you're good at. Toot your own horn. And then when, you know, the, the tables are turned, I'm like a deer in headlights. But thinking about it, um, what, I, what I'm really good at is building relationships. So I'm good at building relationships with my team, um, with my stakeholders, figuring out who, you know, um, maybe outside stakeholders are. So if it's not people that I'm working with every day, 
who is it on the IT department that I need to know that I can call and bypass, you know, maybe putting in a ticket if something is going on with my computer? Um, who is it in pre-employment if I'm waiting and waiting for results to come through for a hire and have a hiring manager saying, what is happening? Who can I reach out to and say, hey, you know, I need this expedited. Can you look into it? So I think that piece of really um, building relationships um, showing value, letting people know that I value them and their expertise um, and whatever it is that they may be doing and how that impacts in my job as well. Um, so I'm good at that. Um, speaking up in meetings so that my team knows that I know what I'm doing, that I'm good at my job, that they're not like, you know, is Denise just twiddling her thumbs? You know, is she hiring people? It's like they're going to know what my results are. They're going to know if I've had really good interactions with stakeholders, um, how that came about, you know, maybe can share some tips on things that worked for me so that they can take that away as well and try that. And going to be honest and say when I've had trouble with stakeholders too and say, has anyone else experienced this? What, you know, what have you done to kind of get over this hump? So just being really, um, I think, vulnerable with my stakeholders and teams uh, or excuse me, team members, letting them know that I'm good at my job. I'm not perfect. I'm going to ask questions. So that's the second thing is asking questions. I want to know the why behind things. So not to question authority, although sometimes authority needs to be questioned, but why are we doing this? Is this just something, is this a process that has been in place? And so we're just keeping it in place. Is it the most efficient way that we should be doing things? Um, you know, just really seeking to understand. So I don't want people to feel intimidated that I'm, um, you know, again, questioning you know, maybe what they have to say or questioning their knowledge or expertise, but just really coming from a place that I'm seeking to understand the why, um, because then I can jump on board and support that 100%. Or maybe it's an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, there's a better way that we can do this, would be happy to talk through any changes that need to be made and would be happy to be part of maybe that project that needs to happen to, to make this more efficient and to make this a better process. Um, and then I think just reminding folks, especially the stakeholders, um, for example, I worked with a team when I was at U.S. Bank that was in Arizona. The, the folks that I supported sat in Arizona and New Mexico. Part of that time I sat in Minnesota, part of that time I sat in Texas, so I'm not there with them. And wanting to remind them that we are on the same team. I might not be there locally, but however I can support whatever tools I need to arm you with so that... You can do some organic recruiting there, on, you know, boots on the ground, if you will. Um, we're on the same team. We want the same end result. Uh, if there's an opportunity for me to travel, to be there, to facilitate hiring events or trainings or anything like that, definitely let them know that as well. Um, but just kind of reminding them that it's not, you know, recruiting against whatever, you know, teams I might be supporting. It's like we are working together. We want to hire the best talent. Um, and just making sure that they they know that, that I have an expertise that I'm bringing to the table. They do as well. How can we, you know, make them work together the best so that we can get the best end result? Yeah, that's so it's so important. I think a few things that you just to call out what you what I heard and the the relationship side of it. It's it's maybe an underrated piece of of recruiting, just being able to connect with whomever the business or your business partner or whoever the hiring manager is. But a, a lot of times today, it's it's like it go to you know hit this number here, call this here, put in this ticket there, and and what 
I heard you say, and what I think is very important is it's important for you to um, have that connection, that, that touch, that human touch. And I think it's important. And sometimes, you know, with, with, there's some great things and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not adverse to technology. I think we need to embrace it there, especially when it enhances the things we want to do. Right. But sometimes we get so enamored with these things, we forget about, you know, the people behind them. And so I think that's just a good reminder that that's something that you do and, and bring to uh, the situations with the people that you're recruiting with and that you ask questions in order to learn that helps you be a, a better recruiter. And so, and then the other thing I would just say is that this idea of remote work, and it's not a new idea. I mean, it, this is something <laughs> we've all experienced and see uh, mm-hmm. in, in today's reality, even though still today, I would say the majority of, of, of workers are working, you know, in, in be it manufacturing or construction or wherever it may be, hospitals, they're, they're in person, but there right. is a significant part of the population that is able to do their jobs remotely. And what I heard you say is, you know, how do you connect with, you know, those that are remote from you? So building that relationship, so an extension really of that relationship building to make sure that you're able to be on the same team and get the same goal accomplished. So uh, very kudos to you. I think that's good to, to hear and good for the listener to, to learn and, and those viewing to see. And so, um, so speaking of these organizations that you've worked with in the past and in future one, hopefully listening today or, or watching you, uh, why should they hire you? You know, if, if they're looking and saying, I see Denise, you know, why she, you know, there's something interesting, but why should I hire her? How yeah. would you answer that? So I, I would say you want to hire me because I'm good at my job. I get the job done. I was able to make a pivot from nonprofit work. Um, which is very different work than moving then into a corporate world and being in recruiting, like very different. Um, And I was able to do that successfully. Um, I've hit my numbers. You know, you talked a little bit about, you know, when there's those metrics and numbers that we're striving towards um, while being able to ask questions, why are these numbers put in place? Why is this the time to fill? Um, Why is this our service level agreement? Those types of things. Um, Because for me, I think when I have an understanding about that, that just really makes me, um, really hyper, like hyper focused on it and really, you know, wanting to get the job done and to hit those numbers as well. Um, you know, I've been a good teammate. If people are out on maternity leave or people are out sick, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take their workload, you know, put me down for your out of office, whatever needs to be done. We're in this together. I never wanted anyone to feel that it's just, you know, they're out on an Island by themselves. We are a team. Um, again, we have the same end goal. So, um, always a team player, in those types of instances. And I'm going to push the envelope a little bit. So when there's things that I see come up, um, again, with questioning it, I'm going to offer a solution. So I'm not just going to say, hey, I found a void in this X, Y, and Z, and then just like drop it at the table and walk away. It's like, however, this is what I think we can do about it. And this is how I can play a part in it. Um, You know, we might need to engage other stakeholders, other departments, et cetera, but I really, have grown to be, I wasn't always that way, have grown to be solution focused. I was that person like, oh my gosh, there's a problem, you know, fire alarm, but I, I didn't have a solution. So I've had really good managers in the past that have helped, have helped me, you know, say, you, you can't just bring a problem to the table, you need to also bring a solution. So I definitely appreciate them for that. That's helped me, um, you know, has helped me grow and be able to do that. And quite honestly, and I tell people this in interviews, I don't know if I should, but like I bring fun to the team and to the job. And I have to shout you out as well, because I remember you at Cargill 
I don't know if it was Friday afternoons or just any afternoon that you were feeling it, but we'd be working and people, it probably was Fridays because, you know, you're feeling like the stress and you're wanting to wrap up the week. And all of a sudden you would hear like Pharrell's happy playing something. All of a sudden you'd be like standing there with your phone up and everyone would just like, you'd see the little heads pop up from their desks. And it was like a time to just be like, okay, take a breath smile, be happy. Like we've made it this far. We're doing a good job. So just like a reminder of we can work really hard, but we can, we can still have fun and get the job done. Yeah. So I think I kind of bring that balance, um, to teams to just say, Hey, you know, we can't take this so seriously all the time. We're going to burn out if we do that. So we, we have to take a step back, take a breath, you know, inject a little bit of humor, a little bit of fun into it as well. Um, so I always think of that when, when I, I think of you doing that, when I, when I tell people that, you know, I'm going to bring some fun to the team as well. Um, but definitely going to be getting the job done. No, I love that. So, I mean, you started with just the numbers part of it and, and that's important. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, organizations are looking for people that are going to help them deliver. Right. And so yes. contributing to the bottom line, hiring is an important piece of that. I think something that is oftentimes missed that you hit on with your last two points is just the team building environment. And so it's, it's easy, I think today in today's world to, you know, to look and think, Oh, let's just get straight to it. The meeting started, let's go right to the notes. Um, if we're virtual or we've got to accomplish this goal, let's just go straight to that task. And, and, I think maybe the last few years have have maybe made it easier to do those sorts of things. And and what you just highlighted and remind us is that it is, it's very important to continue to have and create that team building environment. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you, you call that out. And the other thing I, it's maybe subtle, but I think it's, it's really important is you've actually had this theme and through your last couple of questions um, and responses has been just this idea of being a team player and, you know, you're willing to, you mentioned maternity leave or, you know, if it's when you were a recruiting coordinator, you played a lot of different roles and you continue to, I think, look at it as, as we're on one, one team together. So how do we accomplish that goal? Not everyone has that. And I think that does separate you and not sometimes it's like, if it's not in my wheelhouse, it's not my problem. And I think what you're, what you're saying and what you continue to do and what I've seen personally is just that, yeah, you're willing to, to pitch in we're all on the same team. You're willing to create solutions and not just admire the problem, right? We all have people <laughs> who are really great at identifying the problem, um, but less so at, at working through that solution. So uh, I think that's a great thing to call out a great differentiator for yourself and is a reason why anyone listening or seeing you should hire you. So, um, so a couple of things. So I'm going to go recruiter mode a little bit and okay. kind of tell me about a time, but what, can you give me an example of a, a really good partnership you've had in the past, be it in a business or coworker, peer, et cetera? Sure. Um, so you kind of mentioned, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit and then um, get to that answer. So the kind of the remote world that we've, a lot more people have experienced kind of since COVID. Um, so I didn't really realize it at the time because it was just part of the job, but working with Cargill, it's a global organization. So I had exposure to um, remote relationships and remote relationship building and work, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And um, was still able to to build those relationships and to build that trust and and, um, really show, again, my expertise and become a subject matter expert. So 
I have been fortunate to be on, especially with U.S. Bank, um, on teams where we had great, great energy and synergy, and we were all over the United States. A lot of us, I've still never met them. I've known them. I feel like they're my friends, like they're my family, and I've never laid eyes on them in person. Make it feel different. So as far as the relationship and kind of a partnership of mine that I really enjoyed when I was with U.S. Bank, like I mentioned before, the teams that I supported sat in Arizona and in New Mexico. Um, communicate, communicate, communicate. So especially when you're not sitting there with each other, um, we had I had weekly meetings with all my district managers so that they knew, you know, where we were with things. They knew what was going on with their hiring managers, and you know, maybe if there were any any um, action items that I still hadn't received from them. Um, again, just partnering. We're in this together. I'm trying to get your branches staffed, especially coming out of COVID. All of a sudden, there is this rush that, you know, everything's back to quote unquote normal. We need everything fully staffed, so on and so forth. So we need to get people hired. So if there were any hurdles in the way, I was very, you know, honest about that, professionally honest. I wasn't throwing anyone under the bus. I had given hiring managers chances to kind of, you know, fill fill these voids and answer any questions that I maybe had. And so then I would just take it to the hiring manager and say, hey, this is what we need to do. How can I help? Even though I'm not there, how can I help expedite this? And so what ended up happening is we were able to um, start having virtual hiring events. So I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I think if we can just choose specific days and get everybody essentially scheduled, you know, like Tuesdays between, let's say, 10 and 2 for interviews. And if we can identify people that have the bandwidth and that we are going to trust with making these decisions for hires, if we can get them involved, I think this can be really successful. So they said, you know what, let's give it a try. We have nothing to lose at this point. And so I was able to partner with them virtually, remotely, to get candidates hired, or excuse me, to get candidates scheduled for our virtual hiring event. They, in turn, were able to identify who these trusted interviewers were going to be that were going to make these decisions. So let's say, Hakeem, you are a branch manager that you happen to have bandwidth, and you, I'm going to trust you to hire someone for my branch. Some people were like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to talk. What? Yeah. Exactly. I want to be able to talk to this person. And we had to, and, you know, I left it with the business, but I said, you know, you're going to have to have these conversations that, that there's going to have to be this trust, right? Because time is of the essence. And to be quite honest, if you're not trusting people to make these hiring decisions, that's a whole different conversation that you need to have. But why? That's when you get me so, involved and say HR <laughs> probably needs to be involved. It's so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we were able to get people identified, um, you know, and and kind of name them. I guess you could say recruiting champions to say these are going to be our interviewers. It's going to be a one and done. They are going to place people at these branches, um, and we did bring it up a level. So it was more senior branch managers and district managers that really had their pulse on what the different branches kind of, I guess you could say, needed. Um, what voids they needed filled as far as staffing, so on and so forth. So I had my action items, they had their action items, and we were able to pull it together. And we ran weekly virtual hiring events from December of, um, I believe it was 2021, or excuse me, May of 2021 until December of 2021, weekly virtual hiring events to get these branches staffed because it needed to be done. 
Um, and so they ended up being, they were fun. They were successful. We figured out how to use, like you said, embrace the technology to help us do our jobs better. Um, we had a whole Teams chat going on over here with all of the interviewers, um, the people that were making the decisions. You know, I'm dropping names saying, hey, I just talked to Hakeem. He was awesome. I would you know, love to send him forward in the process. Who's available at 1230 today to interview him? Someone chimes in, I'm open. So then I, you know, get tell Hakeem, oh, thanks for holding. You know, you're going to interview with, you know, Joe Smith at 1230 today. They're going to call you. So we were able to kind of um, take messy action, if you will. And it, it, it was really, really impactful. And it really, um, it was fun and it was successful. So I think um, kind of I'm thinking about numbers. We were able to, um, we had about an 80% offer rate of all the people that came through and that we talked to. Okay. And then um, about 92% of offer accept. So great talent. I don't know, you know, I, I can't say it was because, oh, we chose a specific day and grouped everybody together, but it really made it much more efficient so that I wasn't waiting for the hiring managers to, you know, come out of the weeds and they're, they're behind the counter helping their tellers and things saying, hey, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but we need to get these interviews done. Um, we were able to let them do what they needed to do, identify the folks that were going to make these hiring decisions, and then make the decisions and move on from there. So it ended up being really successful, and that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, and it was a great, great partnership because they trusted me to do what I needed to do, and I trusted them to do what they needed to do um, on site there since I wasn't on site myself. No, I think it's great. And so a couple things. One is organizations today that work remotely or that have people on site that you need from construction or for, you know, from working in, you know, factories or manufacturing or, you know, this, this new way of working. I think you just explained a way that is very relevant in today's economy and today's market to, to bring people into the, the virtual recruiting um, hiring events weekly. And so just, again, yeah. another example of how you're able to to work remotely, but able to get the goal. And that's the other part that I really enjoy is, is you keep bringing it back to the results. And at the end of the day, you know, people looking at you, listening to you might be thinking, you know, hey, or anyone, right? They might be thinking, yeah, okay. I hear what they're saying, but are they doing what, you know, are they delivering to the bottom line? And you keep bringing it that back, that point back is how are we impacting the bottom line? And so I just like that you keep reiterating that point that you know, your numbers and you bring that and that's how you're able to, to bring those results. And those are great results, you know, 80% offer rates and then 92% acceptance. I think that's, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, thinking that you're also hitting the right individuals because they're accepting. And so uh, kudos, I think that's great. And I think the listener will appreciate that. And in a future uh, person looking at you or listening to you might hear that as well. And so I am going to pivot a little bit on some of the things that we had talked about before. And maybe why don't we go just things that that you want as you as you take a second to think about what you want to leave the listener with. Um, What's that lasting impression? And so that can be something that you believe that that you're strong at. Um, words of wisdom. I, I actually see you on LinkedIn quite a bit supporting those looking, those open to work. And, and I'm, I actually find it, I'm, 
I, I really do. I see your comments and I'm just like, what a good person, like truly just out there, <laughs> just supporting everyone on their journey, wherever they are. And so I, I personally, maybe that's just something I'm just sharing with others about you, but I, I, if there's something that you want to share about your journey, so what are maybe something you want to leave the listener or those viewing you uh, with? Sure. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I feel like if I can operate from a place of gratitude and empathy, um, that it not only helps those people that I'm, you know, maybe making comments on their post or, you know, showing empathy and support to them, that also helps me. So especially during this time, I've had my days where I'm just like, you know, oh my gosh, am I going to get an interview? Is anyone even looking at my application and those types of things? And just feeling really down, feeling like, am I not a good recruiter? Am I not, um, you know, when you look at things on paper, it's hard. Yeah. um, Thank you. (laughs) Um, It's hard to figure, figure that out when you're just looking at paper, right? Some people look good on paper and don't um, perform and vice versa. So um, I appreciate that. And that's um, part of what I, why I do that because mental health is a big thing too. And I want to try to uplift people. It's been a really stressful time and I want them to know that they're not in this by themselves and um, just to try to offer whatever support that I can. So I would say um, a couple of things. So these last few months, I feel, I feel like I was good at my job before, but I feel like what I have learned and am continuing to learn throughout this kind of um, process or this time of being laid off is I'm just going to, it's going to make me that much better at my job. Um, The candidate experience has always been a big thing of mine and a focus. Um, I've been an advocate for candidates that I've worked with in the past, Um, you know, whether that's pay equity or, um, you know, just kind of challenging the norm of this isn't a typical background that we would hire, that type of thing. I've always been an advocate for them, but I feel that even now, or excuse me, I feel that now even more so, I'm going to have that that fight in me going forward. Um, again, asking why, asking those questions. Um, just because we've done things a certain way in the past doesn't mean that that's the right way to continue to do them. Um, really helping people look beyond just these specific credentials. Oh, they have their degree. They worked at X, Y, and Z company. They must be amazing. That might be true, but there's people that maybe didn't get a chance and have the opportunity to go to college and they are still very capable to do this job. So we might need to look at our job requirements. You know, what is really needed for this person to be successful? Um, so I feel like I've, I've always kind of, you know, I've asked those questions, but going into my, my next phase as a recruiter, when I, when I am blessed to be hired, um, I'm going to be asking more of those questions, really making sure that we're doing the right thing um, and still being able to, you know, hold the integrity of the company, still being able to hit those bottom lines. Um, but I think it's just going to help them hire people that they maybe didn't look at before that are, that are going to come in and they're going to do a great job. So I'm, I'm excited for that, for that future me to, to show those results and um, to be able to, um, you know, to, to do that. And I love to say, and, and I was, again, I've had great managers in the past that have kind of helped me have this mindset is, um, you know, you hire the talent and you train the skill. So kind of, I guess you could say to piggyback off of what I was just talking about is, are we, are these job requirements in place because they're absolutely necessary? Or is it because we have some kind of unconscious bias that we're working, you know, working, um, working within and what can we do about it? 
So I, I, even myself seeing job descriptions, I'm like, oh, this sounds, you know, fantastic, but they want very specific experience. And my question is if I, you know, if I'm a good, if I'm a good recruiter, if Joe Smith is a good recruiter, they have the recruiting piece down, they can build the relationships, they can, you know, post the jobs, they can source, they can find the people. So wouldn't it be the company's then responsibility to train them? you know, on those few niche things or niche things, I never say, not sure which way to say it. Um, wouldn't it be their responsibility to train them on those specifics that they, that they need to learn, whether it's, you know, uh, medical recruiting or technical recruiting. Um, there's just those few things that are going to be different within each industry. And I don't think that that is something, um, that should stand in the way of really talented people, maybe, maybe joining the organization. Yeah. So, that's that's kind of kind of what I want to leave it as. Hire the talent and train the skill is is really. I feel like I should get a shirt made. Um, it's kind of been my motto for for a long time. Well, what you're what you're really uh, what you're really highlighting there is that for organizations, you're helping them actually expand the network of qualified candidates. And so I I do think you know organizations that haven't adopted that mindset need to start thinking about it just the way that you just said it. And for those listening and for those watching, I think what you what you're listening to and what you're seeing in Denise is someone who's really good at her craft and is going to help your organization uh, perform even better. And the from my perspective, um, you can easily watch this and tell that you have an attitude of gratitude, right? And and even more than that, I don't know. Even despite kind of some of the challenges you just described. I don't know that there maybe is like a five second clip that we can find where you're not smiling. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, no, that's, that's the beauty. Right. I mean, I think that's the positivity. That's the attitude that you're bringing um, to any organization. And so not only are you knowledgeable of your craft and good at what you do, um, but you bring the environment and spirit that's going to make them successful. And anyone, I think, listening, hearing that will will see that you're able to, you know, work remotely, that you're able to work in person, that you're able to, you know, um, drive the results for the organization that you you mentioned being able to fly out if you need to, to go out to to work with those teams to help them get to where they need to go. And so this has just been my absolute pleasure to to reconnect with you. This is uh, this is fun. This is, I think, one, it's just, it's about the the cool things that you've been able to do and that you will do for these organizations. Um, it's been my absolute pleasure having you on our show for the You're Worth It podcast, the, the second episode. And so, Denise, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I want to thank you um, for the invitation, um, just using your platform to to kind of elevate our voices, those of us who, you know, are, are maybe looking for an, our next opportunity. Thank you so much. You definitely didn't have to lend your platform to this. So I am um, grateful, attitude of gratitude. Um, and um, yeah, I hope to, to come back with great news and a great update about the new organization that I'm working with and, um, you know, give you a shout out again. So I love it. Well, I'm very, it very thankful. When that happens, let's, let's, let's get a five minute clip and let's, let's Heck let's, yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> All right. I love it. Good. I am so appreciative. Thank you so much, Hakeem. Likewise, Denise. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the You're Worth It podcast. Our goal here is to help everyone achieve their career dreams. Take a minute to like our content, review our books, and never forget, you're worth it. 
For more You're Worth It podcasts, career insights, merchandise, and exclusive content, check out CoachHakeem.com.